to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. I but almost said I'm Nick Youssef. After I said I'm Nick Youssef. Yeah, no, before you said it, I almost, in my head, I was about to say I'm Nick Youssef. Well, it's like you're without autopilot about it, <laughs> to where like well because i knew the, you, were you try and it. think about it you fuck it up well i knew i've heard it in my i was hearing i knew what you were going to say and i heard it in my head and so yeah. i almost just like said it and so when you're like my wait turn. is that my thing or yours yeah well, I who am i i had to think say no stop say your name yeah it was what a thought that just had to go say into my head your own name yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh Jesus. i almost forgot who I was and where I was from this last week. <laughs> I was in Lake Tahoe for, I think, two years. <laughs> I told you it was going to be gnarly. It was so long. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. Casino time is, is longer than regular time. Oh, fuck that. I wasn't even in that casino. No, but just the area. I mean, the area is very, like, like slow yeah. and mellow and quiet. Yeah. And it was the off season. Yeah. So, like, there are not a lot of people around. On the weekends, you could see it kind of, like, get a little busier but like nowhere near as if it were middle of winter or middle of summer but like yeah i was there in, in that little window where like not a lot of people around every place closes at 3 p.m wow except for obviously the hotel casinos yeah and those are open all day and night but like even some of the restaurants in there closed like earlier because it was the off season and it was just like this dreary emptiness did you stay at the harrah's at Harvey's. Harvey's, yeah. So it's like Harris You fuck Harvey's. with that Cinnabon by the gift shop? No, I okay. don't. I, d- I couldn't do it. Okay. Because I was like, I know I want one, and I walk by it pretty much every day. Yeah. On my way to the arcade. Neil Brennan crushed that Cinnabon more than once. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, knew, I had no idea he had a, a real weakness for Cinnabon. It's hard because it smells so good. Oh, the smell is unbelievable. And you only ever see him at airports. When yeah. You're like, there's nothing around anyway, so I've got to yeah. have a Cinnabon. Yeah. But I ate at that buffet a bunch of times. Yeah. And then went on a fucking epic bike ride. Okay. Beyond epic. All right. 72 miles. You know how big that fucking lake is? Yeah, it's huge. I didn't know it was that big. No, it's massive. Because you know a lot of lakes, if you like, you drive by them on a highway or wherever, yeah. you can see the whole lake. You no, know, Lake Tahoe's humongous. It takes like 10 seconds of driving by. You're like, oh, there's that little Lake, lake Pyramid or Lake Castaic yeah. or whatever. It's heat. Like, I didn't know that going in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take my bike, ride it around the lake, and maybe yeah. do like a little fucking mountain ride. 72.3 miles Serious, around. Serious, man. And you're going up fucking mountains? Yeah. Like, I went up, at, like, after 50 miles, there's like one last big incline that you have to go up. Mm-hmm. And it's nine miles of just going up a hill. Oh, God. So you're right. And you've already done 50 miles. Fuck. So you're just like, and like, when I I like cl- I like hill climbing it's, I like it okay. so when you do it like for me I like think about other stuff right because you can't focus on you keep basically the same pace the whole time pretty much yeah okay and so like you have to treat it like it's like like for me it's like a, a meditation type thing I can like, see that you center in on one thought or, like, or you just kind of forget where you are and focus on something else so because if you sit there and pay attention to like my legs are starting to hurt. Yeah, or, God, this fucked. hill won't end. Then it gets way harder. So I'm like, I did that like a couple times. I'm like, just think about, you know, something else. I literally was like working out a bit in my head. Oh, wow. At one point. And then it felt like minutes had gone by and I was like, and I came back to reality and I'm like, I'm still climbing. <laughs> like, it was nine miles. How long did it take for the climb do you think that took you? Like an, uh, like an hour or something like that. So you were going nine miles an hour. Yeah. Okay. 
and that was at mile like 51 or two. Yeah. But then I got up so high that like when I was at at the bottom where the lake was, uh huh. Weather's you know whatever fine. I get up to the top, it's like eight degrees colder, and there's snow. Yeah. I was like, this is how high? I was 7,200 feet up. I started at 6,400 feet. You know what that reminds me of? Nothing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane, dude. It's, it's pretty cool. It was fun. 36 degrees. When Ooh, I started. wow. It's 6.30 in the morning. Fuck. 36. That's rough. Degrees. Huh. It was crazy. But yeah, it was a fucking... It's a cool place, dude. I, I've never been there. Oh, yeah. I've never been to... And I'm from California. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Because um, it's like so fucking amazing. You're like, how have I never... It's incredibly beautiful. Fucking been here, yeah. I don't yeah. know. But it was cool. If you live up there, you got to fucking go to Lake Tahoe. Yeah, you do. But just don't go for more than two days because you will forget <laughs> who you are and it's where a, you're from. Let's play, yeah. Odd, odd places. Anyway. Um, so I'm here for a little bit. I'm in L.A. for a little bit. Yeah, me too. I'm here. Until fucking July. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Lexington, Kentucky, July <laughs> 17th through 19th. Comedy off Broadway. Get tickets. Uh, July 31st through August 2nd, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, possibility in mid-July as well. I will be in Vegas playing the improv. I don't know the exact dates yet. I'll probably find them out soon. And uh, I will let you know. I know a few people hit me up occasionally, and they're like, when are you coming to Vegas? So that might happen in July. Stay tuned. All dates and information, nickyousef.com. People are, uh, a guy posted about our shirt. He got it in the mail. Yeah. So check our Instagram to see an actual listener wearing our actual shirt. I retweeted it. Um, yeah, he's, he got our shirt. So that's a very exciting. Oh, he posted on Twitter, too. Yeah, he posted on Twitter. Oh, yeah. So look at, at Twitter and Instagram for that. That shirt is still available for pre-sale. The reason we do pre-sale, guys, is so that we don't uh, waste buying shirts that we will not need in sizes that people do not buy. So it's ecological, so don't hate. Yes. It is still available. I think we're going to print it in a different color, and that'll be available, too. The blue will still be available. And but not much longer, and then it's gone forever. So don't yeah. ask. And then a new design at some point soon. Yeah. But yeah, we're not joking when we say like, if you want this shirt, jump on it. Yeah. It's only twenty bucks, right? It's only twenty bucks. Yeah. So twenty dollars. That includes gets you. shipping, I believe. I think so. Unless yeah. it's overseas. He oh said. yeah, unless yeah. overseas. So if you're buying one from Australia, it's gonna be a couple extra dollars. Yeah. But yeah, get it. I mean, people are liking it. It's a fucking cool shirt. And it supports our podcast. We don't ask you for much, you guys. Yep. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to all that. And let's talk about this episode a little bit. Uh, this episode, we had the homie Eric Ray Davidson on. He is a really good photographer. I've known him a long time. He is the husband of our other, our former occasionally awesome guest, Alaria Urbanati. Uh, when I met Eric, he was kind of starting out as a photographer. And in the last couple of years, he started to really work a ton and do and work with some really cool magazines and we kind of talk about uh, we went to the same art school we talk about that we talk about how he broke into being a photographer and what's really interesting is kind of he talks about his process and the kind of parameters of what he does he shoots a lot of celebrities and kind of what you have to deal with when you're shooting celebrities and how much time you have and the, the way he's learned to be effective in those parameters it's actually pretty fascinating yeah there's a lot of stuff 
I mean, I don't know a lot about photography or photographers, but like I've met a few and talked to them, but there was a lot of stuff in there where I was like, I didn't know it could be that high stress. Yeah. And the like the environments and stuff that you're in and the different like kinds of photography, like doing like commercial photography is like such a different process than like I'm going to go shoot nature or yeah. do like portraits or something yeah. on my own time in my own studio. It's like a pretty fast-paced, yeah, pretty interesting. There's a lot of people involved, and, yeah. and you got to satisfy a lot of kind of masters in in those processes. So it's great. It was really interesting to hear about how he does it, and kind of how a lot of it has to do with like his attitude and his personality, and just the great thing about it is he's super fired up. You can hear it when he talks about it; like he cares so much, and he's so excited about what he gets to do for a living, and it's honestly pretty inspiring. Like I felt, you know, I felt pretty fired up afterwards. Like he's, yeah, his 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 uh, passion for it's like infectious. Yeah, it like is. Halfway it really through the episode, infectious. I'm like, wait, do I want to be a photographer? Or just like whatever it is you do, you're like, fuck yeah, man, yeah, go out yeah, there, yeah, like yeah, get yeah. it. And you yeah. just, it's rad. It's rad to hear someone be that excited. Yeah, he's a great example of someone who loves what he does. Yeah, and he's been doing it a while, so it's yeah. good. Like that to me is the mark of someone who you wanna, like, I'd want to work with, or like if 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 I was, if someone was like, hey. We want to take your picture. Do you know any photographers? I'd be like, get that dude. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been doing it a long time and is still fired up. Do so we have? Cool. I'm trying to look up. Do we have his website? Do we know? It's Eric. I think EricRayDavidson.com. Yeah, I believe so. Let me double check. Yeah. Um, because you can look at his uh, his work on there. I think Alaria just posted a photo of his Gwyneth Paltrow shoot. Oh shit! That he just did. Well, yeah, it's EricRayDavidson.com. On the front page is. Uh, the cover of Vanity Fair with Sean Penn. Yeah, he did. And then like some other photos of Sean Penn. Um, yeah, he shoots some like cool people, and it it just looks cool. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he's rad. Yeah, it's like it's it's great looking work. Here in Knightley. Uh, yeah, go to, go to the website as you're listening to the episode. You know, and like because he talks about shooting this kind of stuff, the kind of stuff you'll be seeing on his. Uh, on his homepage, so check it out. He's a good dude, uh, and it was cool of him to to take time and do this. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's it. Enjoy this episode with Mr. Eric Ray Davidson. Did you just ask me if I've been working out? Yeah, yeah, yeah that you did ask that. I feel <laughs> I like. Did. Yeah, I wanted to save it. You, you know. <laughs> multiple like you had asked me if i was going to go to paris photo right which is the photo fair kind of like our basel yeah but only for photography in uh, new york and la and paris. paris yeah right you had asked me and someone else has asked me and i was sort of non-committal on it and right after the second person asked me i don't know who it was i started to feel like really guilty like yeah <laughs> like i gotta go festival, yeah like if i yeah. don't go like yeah 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 not doing yeah. like i'm doing a disservice to my industry uh so i did i did go on saturday yeah right before the fight and i was like telling my buddies so it can for those who haven't gone like everyone listening and me what is paris photo what happens it's like an art fair it's similar to kind of similar to the art book fair or even like hello kitty con it's just is all photography okay and they do it at paramount studios which is kind of cool so like yeah. a few of the st- like three of the stages yeah are full of, of you know, like they build like retaining walls and like hang, so eat little galleries have their own little areas yeah. and hang photography. Okay. And then they also, which I liked better, 
all the like fake buildings and like all fake storefronts. Yeah. They put little gallery spaces in all of those. Those build-outs oh. were kind of interesting. There was that yeah. one like at the end of the street that was super narrow. Yeah. But um, so they fill all these little buildings with you know it's basically galleries that 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 rent the space and fill it with the f- photography of the artists they represent. It's pretty cool. You walk around the whole lot. There's like lunch trucks and tons of people all sort of dressed the same. I would have liked to a lot see of familiar that. faces. But I, I but anyway I did decide to go. But as I was leaving. I thought out of the corner of my eyes that I saw Kevin like yeah. back here, like in my left peripheral, but he looked like a little too like, like really crossfitty. too Jack. I thought, but it was, I just so it had to have been like someone else. My eye, and I was like, Oh, that guy looks like Jack Kevin. Jacked Kevin. But then it was him. And then I guess, I guess he, I guess you, I guess you weren't jacked up or maybe you were doing pushups like around the corner or something. Or did you just follow me there? No, I, this is what happened. I saw you from about 200 yards away. Yeah. I ran around Plus the studio, got up. really jacked up. I did 50 quick pushups <laughs> yeah. and 30 burpees. And then I just rolled by and was like, Hey Eric, Bunch what's of up? Steroids. No, I'm just like this. I'm just yeah, like this. Cause I know you're always around models and whatnot. You were super tan too. Yeah, super tan. Yeah. Just like bronzed. And you were way taller, apparently. Yeah, bronzed and shredded. I bring lifts with me. <laughs> Someone was there and they were like, did I see six foot tall Kevin? I'm like, it's possible. He's yeah. done a lot of crazy yeah. shit lately. I get my Red Wings resold with another soul. Yeah. I, I have double this, it. I have this like fear of like introducing myself. to. I have two fears like of introducing myself to someone I've met before. But like briefly, and I meet like a lot of people yeah. in my work. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm all living in fear of meeting someone and being like, hey, I'm Eric. And they're like, oh, we've met. I did, someone called me out on it once. Oh, someone yeah. that I'd met once on a shoot. I was like, I'm Eric. Oh, we met. And so like, my other fear is it, it seeing someone and thinking there's someone else and going out <laughs> Also, at Paris Photo, I have a very common look. That's, well, that's true. It is kind of true. I was wearing all black. But I did see a lot of people I knew. Okay. Like I saw, I like, saw some. four or five people. Like, yeah. Do you know the photographer Alex Prager? Yeah. Okay. So Prager's rad and she's a friend of ours. And I was with a couple other friends and we were walking around and I was kind of explaining like the different kind of ways to make a living in photography. Like whereas it's commercial, like a commercial photographer like me or an art photographer. And I was explaining like how someone like Alex Prager, like their business is about art. And then we walked outside and she was like standing there. (laughs) And you looked incredibly cool. (sighs) I was glistening. (laughs) I mean, I was also sweaty. I went, I got, I went because, um, mostly because my friends Ed and Deanna Templeton were doing signings. Didn't they have some graffiti in an alley there somewhere, too? Ed doesn't do graffiti. Somebody said there was, oh, no, it was a show. Oh. Uh, oh, no, they had stuff there. They had stuff there. Right, okay. With, Ed just put out a book, so he did a signing. It was in that little alley, though, right? It was in. in the New York area? In the New York area. It was the, 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 D, the DAP Is this thing book. over? Yeah, it's over. Fuck. Just ended. Look, I'll be honest with you. It sounds. It was really cool. It got a little repetitive after a while. Like I found myself like glazing over and, and just like going by stuff kind of fast. I have a like generally have a hard time looking at art in crowded spaces. Yeah, but yeah, like, that's distracting. Openings and stuff. Like I have a very hard time connecting. But I will say that that the outside area there kind of as an environment, it was cool. Yeah, like just because. It, it would seem you're like on a fun studio lot and you know there was interesting lunch trucks and just a lot of people right it was fun like the Jurgen Teller exhibit was cool because that OJ Simpson photo was, was rad really good well that the year there's a year there was a photo of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Jurgen Teller exhibit with his head in an alligator mm-hmm. and that was actually from details magazine and I started my kind of I guess career in the photo department at details magazine oh wow in New York so I saw the photo and I texted the creative director like this is details right so that was like always kind of fun to see that because, 
you know, if you pay attention, you see the kind of same stuff kind of popping up. Did you go to, you went to Art Center? Yeah, I went to Art Center. Was Paul Jasmine like your big yeah, guy? he was like my dude. Wait, did you guys know each other? No. no. On any level? I, didn't. I knew that you went there. You very rarely hang out with people from another major. I don't know that you were there at the same time, but like I, the only thing illustration majors tried to do was date photo girls because they were the cute ones. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the illustration yeah, majors were, were all covered in charcoal dust. It was like it was yeah. uh, my college girlfriend was a photo major. Uh-huh. Who was so your college girlfriend? Her name was Celia Oliver. She she only went for like two terms. Uh-huh. Um yeah, there was there's not a lot of cross contamination. Okay. Even a time. There's just no time and they're like on another side of the building. Oh, okay. Which is fifty yards away. <laughs> yeah, <it's> fifty <laughs> you yards. You can easily throw a baseball. Yeah, you got to take a cab over there. Well, there's like a bridge, and then there's like a then there's like a the valley, a res- yeah, valley gorge or whatever. Where people used to kill. So them you wanted to get yards. into photography at a young age, then? I wanted to get into photography when I was like thirteen years old. Oh wow, okay. So I I was you know I grew up outside of I grew up in suburban Massachusetts mm-hmm. uh, in a town called Wellesley, which is like suburbia, white picket fences and stuff, but. I got into photography when I was 13 because my dad had gone to RISD uh-huh. and gotten a degree in architecture, but as part of that had done like photography stuff and had a photo studio like back in the day where they used to do like giant prints. Right. So my dad actually gave me my first camera, which okay. was an Icon F3, when I was 13, 14. And I started taking photos of people like in my class and I just like loved it right away. Like the first thing that's cool about it is like the attention you get. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm a photographer, and like you like you you take a picture of the cute girl in the class, and like yeah. it's fun, and you're getting attention. And I don't know. <laughs> it was like that was like something I hadn't kind of experienced, and then I started to really kind of love it, and it yeah, just very very quickly on became the only thing that I really cared about in high school. Like I played soccer, and like I loved playing soccer, but it was photography. Like I had a darkroom in my basement that I built Whoa. with my dad which was nice to have an architect as a father yeah, yeah. dad like, I need a dark room yeah. Or yeah, like, I don't know like can we build something like with our bare hands yeah um, and so yeah that was it like all through high school like I used to get notes to leave class early like go to the lab or stuff like did that did they have you like cool. shoot like the te- like well, the volleyball team or did you like actually, for the paper? I did that stuff. I actually was the photo editor of the school newspaper, yeah, which is my awesome. first photo editing job. Um, <laughs> but I did. I shot like the girls' softball team, and I think like the field hockey team. Yeah, uh, and um, and it was fun. I also worked at a camera store in high school. So basically, everything that I did that was significant in high school was photography related. And wow. it, very early on, I was just like, this is it. Like, this is the only thing. Like, I did it, and it was, like, such a rush. So I would spend, like, all my time, like, you know, taking pictures of stuff. Like, yeah. You know, back then, you're, like, in Boston, and you're, like, taking photos of, like, old rundown buildings. Yeah. And going into the dark room and sloshing around in the chemicals and <laughs> developing your own film. And That's awesome. And putting your stuff at home and hanging it in your bathroom. And so it was, it was really fun. I mean, it turns out I'm super allergic to that chemistry. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I, I was, like, almost, I was basically dying in college because you get, like, a lot of exposure. Yeah. And and, you know, sometimes the uh, sometimes the ventilation's not great, and you spend so much time in there. Wow! But, yeah, all through high school, that was like it. And so when I when I graduated uh, high school, and I was looking at schools, I was looking at schools in New York, and I was looking at Art Center in L.A. And I applied to SVA, Parsons, and Art Center in Los uh-huh. Angeles. And I went to Art Center because I thought like the student body was like more competitive because they were older. Like, yeah. When I went there. It, the average freshman was like 24 and a half. Yeah. And I was 18. That's how it was when I Whoa. was there. You went when you were 18? Yeah. Dang. And I think it's like, I think the ages, the, 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 it's the gone down a little. It's receded a little bit, but back then, like, I, there was two 18 year olds in my class. 
Yeah. And there were people in their 40s. Yeah. Wow. And so there's a very interesting dynamic that goes on between like someone who's 18, who's very green and very excited, and this is the thing that they've always wanted to do. And then you have people that are older that have maybe done some other things, and now they're yeah. kind of finding their way now. Yeah. So, you know, school was a was pretty incredible education in like dealing with per- different personality types. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. And then how long were you there? I did it for nine trimesters. So okay. it was like four years. Do you, okay. Did you know anybody? You can go through straight at that I, school. I only skipped two. And I, I, did, I skipped two, yeah. I skipped two to work. Yeah. But I planned on going straight, but then I started to, I, I needed money. I was going broke. Yeah, I mean, this, the debt you incur in yeah. college. I, you know, it's, I, the, the college model, I'm not sure like, how applicable it is. Like, it's, it used to be. It's pretty dumb. When you look at the it's amount of debt dumb. you accrue. Because I left with you know, six figures in debt, and that's not, wow. that's not that's uncommon. That's not uncommon. That's like most people are like, yeah. you know, someone's like, oh, I got like $25,000 in student loan Yeah, you're like, like, lucky. Oh, you do? Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, especially people that came from other places and needed money to live. Like I was lucky I lived at home. That was a huge amount of money I didn't need. Yeah, I we had a I had a cheap apartment that I was in Pasadena that was that was whatever. But like I lived off credit cards. Yeah, like I had credit cards and then I had student loan. Yeah, and stuff. And that debt, I mean, you know, you just build it up. But you know, I just I just gave a speech at our, I, I taught talk like a talk at Art Center three or four weeks ago to a class, and one of the girls raised her hand and she was like, "What about the debt?" Because uh-huh. I have like panics about it. And I was yeah. Like, Honestly, like, don't even think about it. Yeah. Because, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you're here. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's just one of those. Th- I finally things. paid mine off like a year ago. You paid off the student loan. Yeah, and it. I. I. I that's when I actually felt like I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like I did it. I'm done with college. The interest rates when I was there on the student loans are, pr- are really good. Yeah, it was one percent now. Mine are a little higher than that, but I, or they, they, I think they're higher now. So it's a pretty big racket, and I mean, to, um, I because I knew friends who graduated with big debt, and there was like, they'd be like, yeah, my monthly there was twelve hundred dollars a month just in college debt. I think they <laughs> right off the bat, which by the way means you have to make twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, to right. get that to use it for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just. A- and the thing is, you when you in the, the first the, the the month you've graduated, you get a letter from your college saying, "Would you like to contribute to our school?" Oh, right away. <laughs> right oh, away they're on your ass. What was really funny is when I went to school, and I like school was not like an enjoyable time for me, oh, but okay. I do do feel like it was a character building time, which I do feel like is more important than having a good time is uh, learning how to like, kind of toughen up yeah. and how to uh, overcome adversity w- with so many things. But yeah. um, I was someone that never got scholarship because I butted heads with some of the like, upper management there. Uh, not because I was difficult, just because I'm like, someone that questions things. Right. Like, oh, you yeah. have this rule about composition and you have this yeah. rule for composition? Like, explain that to me. Because I, I don't necessarily believe it. Let's have a conversation about it. And some, some people don't like that. So I never got scholarship the whole time I was there. That's rough. But dude. I did get, like, a, I did this, like, speaking engagement. And I guess they were going to pay me some stipend or something. Oh, wow. But it was. <laughs> but I wasn't expecting it. And they were like, oh, can we get your, like, 1099? And I was like, what do you mean with 1099? <laughs> and, like, that was, like, an amazing moment for me. Because I was, like, and I don't know if the money even ever came. But just the idea that they were, like, here, let's pay you to come like yeah. students. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> straight to Sally Mae. Yeah, straight to Sally Mae. <laughs> I, remember, I remember friends of mine who were in photo 
because I dated uh, that girl who was in photo, I met her friends. They were always complaining about the department chairs in the photo department that they sucked. It was like the department chairs sucked. Then like Paul Jasmine was like the coolest. He's like he's the he's it there. Yeah, he really he's like the reason people go and then stay. Yeah, he I mean he like saved photography for me because there was a point, there was kind of a point where I was done. Right, like I was having problems with faculty. I was having problems with other students, and it was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm miserable. Yeah, and the chemistry from the lab. Like, <laughs> you know, was, you're on your you deathbed. I broke. Everyone hates me. Yeah. Why am I doing this? I had a, I had this like really interesting experience happen to me, uh, where second semester you're kind of developing in the chemistry a lot. Right, just open tanks of pretty poisonous stuff. And I had a second semester teacher who was like the hardcore black and white lab teacher. And it got to the point in the class where I couldn't go in the lab because I was losing weight. It was like I had mono for a whole semester. Weird. Wow. Sweats. And I was, I was one of the first people to wear like a respirator, like a, one of these gas masks things in the lab. Yeah. Which was super fucking humiliating. Yeah. You're like the only guy in there and it's like, oh, you're already like the young kid. Which, and by the like, way, everywhere else in that school, everyone's got a fucking respirator on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then there's this whole thing where it's like, there's a lot of people in denial that like this shit was really poisonous. Yeah. But it's the information's there. Anyway, so, you know, there was a point where, and I couldn't do it. So I was shooting the assignments, but I was like tossing like 20, 30 bucks to like a classmate. Like, hey, will you go process my film in there? Because I, I just, I can't fucking do it. Wow. And this guy brought me it, like he knew I was doing it but I told him I was like listen I can't so just, you know he brought me into the lab one day he's like let's talk and I was like can we talk out here and he's like no come to the lab so I go into his office in the lab <laughs> and he sat me down and he was like so listen like you know this allergy to, to, to photochemistry like I just don't think like you're ever gonna have like the connection to your art oh boy <laughs> if Whoa. you can't slosh around in it like you should probably consider something else wow and then, like, six months later, this guy tried to kill himself by drinking a bottle of Fixer. Oh, wow. What's Fixer? It's a, it's a, a chemical agent. It's oh. one of the chemicals. Whoa. And he, he actually, he died later. But, so he got too connected to the <laughs> chemicals. Yeah, something. But, it was, but again, that was, like, a really interesting experience for me because, I mean, I, you know, if you can deal with that type of personality wow. type of early on, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I must have been... 19? You were like, nine, I, you would hear, I would hear, you would hear the occasional story at Art Center where you're like, oh, this one teacher told him he should quit. And it was like all our worst nightmare. But that's the kind of stuff, yeah, like when you graduate into the workforce and there's people like that at work and like all the challenges that come up, you're like, I've dealt with that on some level in school. But I don't even think that's a thing so that happens in the run work. Away. I don't even think that's a ha- thing that happens in the workforce. That's just some bullshit <laughs> yeah. school thing. Well, you know what's funny is that that kind I, of stuff does happen in the workforce. There's people happen. that are vying for whatever okay, yeah. position you want oh, okay. or to maintain their... Because they see a younger guy, they're like, that guy wants my job, some people assume. And then they treat you like an asshole. But at least there's, like, there's, a, there's a reason behind it. There's like a, yeah. And if in the workplace, there's like if you're in competition or whatever. Yeah. But in school, it's a funny thing to deal with because you're like, why would you say these things to me? But at the time, it kind of fires you up and makes you like, oh, yeah. I want to get out and like show people. But you know, it's funny because through Art Center and through all that stuff that I dealt with there, you know, after I graduated and moved on and worked as a photo editor mm-hmm. at Conde Nast, like I never dealt with as difficult of personality types as I dealt with in school. Right. So I sort of like, you know, when I talk to students there and they're like, oh, it's hard, I'm having a hard time. I'm like, good, like, 
I think it's probably not great if you're like loving this because it's really trying to like toughen you up because you get out there as a freelance artist and it's a mess. You're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> so is that how it was? Like when you left school, were you just like, was it easier to like find a first job because you went to art center and studied photography, or was it? Were you? So what happened was sixth semester or something. I started taking Paul Jasmine's class. Oh. Paul Jasmine is the teacher that's been at art center who teaches like senior level classes, okay. later semester classes. And he's, he's amazing and he's been around and he's lived in New York and he was an illustrator and he's been a photographer for like 40 years. Or wow. Something. We Ma- actually just did it. My one modeling job yeah. was shot by Paul Jasmine. Yeah. 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 And that's how I that, like, and I remember that job. I remember it was like a uh, Yoma Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like on the grass or something yep. and it was black and white. Mm-hmm. Some color. It was <laughs> black and white in like 10 years. Some black and white, some color. Yeah, I'm yeah. also, I'm also in his book. Oh, very, yeah, that's right. That would be, uh, it's Hollywood. one of the best. It's like one of the best things. It's like one of my better achievements. Like being in his book, I was like, this is so fucking cool. In a Hollywood cowboy. Yeah. In Hollywood cowboy. So, okay. So about that time, a little after that time, I started being his teacher's assistant. So we would like work on the class together and kind of, so we were there at the same time. I, I graduated oh four. Okay. So I started two thousand. I was finishing in two thousand. Okay, so just yeah, yeah we a little overlap. Um, but you know, I, I started TA with him right around the time he was working on his second book, which was Los Angeles. Yep. And so I was able to work with him during the class and also on shoots with him. Like assist him and help product do PA work mm. and stuff like that on his shoots. Which was it fucking incredible. And yeah. it was like what I saw from him was like how you can be in the game for a long time, but still you very much enjoy what you're doing and have a good time and set a good mood on set. Yeah. Which is really like one of the biggest things that I was doing before I was taking good photos was I was running like a good set and everyone was like always in a good mood. Yeah. But anyway, so I worked for him and he ended up hooking me up with this photographer who's in New York. And after I graduated, I moved to New York to work for this guy and I worked for him for six months. Uh, and it was brutal. And it, yeah. was, it was it was gnarly. It was not. It was like the opposite of working for someone that like is in love with photography and is right. super positive. But I moved to New York and I worked for him full time for six months. And I quit the job because I couldn't handle like basically the abuse anymore. What and kind I, of like just verbal yelling at you? You don't know what you're doing. You're yeah, an idiot. Kind yeah. of like uh, you know uh, getting yelled at in front of friends or Eesh. in Disneyland or oh, being yeah, deprived yeah. of water on <laughs> yeah. nightmares. If Jesus. Like it was gnarly. Like it's. I mean that's like a whole other thing. Wow. That's like six months, but like every day was a new chance to get abused. But anyway, I left that and I applied for a job at Details Magazine. Okay. On a website called. <clears throat> sorry, on a website called Media Bistro, which is like a arts yeah. media job posting place. Uh huh. And I applied for this job. It was Photo Coordinator Details Magazine. And it was like a junior level production person, photo department person. And I went to the interview and I had no real production experience. Yeah. Like at all. And and I went in there and I applied for it and I got in because I'd worked for this this kind of maniac in New York. And they were like, Well, you've you've worked for this maniac, like you must be pretty good. Yeah, you sur- <laughs> you, you survive. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a maniac. And so I went in and I did I did a great interview. And because I, I, I still to this day do good meeting, but it was a really good interview, and I just convinced them. They were like, "Oh, can you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah, of course, yeah, obviously, of course, totally." And they they bought it. And so I got the job, and I had like a two week period before I started. So I went I went to L A. to like hang out with some friends, and 
the day before I was coming back, I was playing pickup basketball with a couple of friends at, at Oakwoods, you know, because they have like that court. And I was, I was, my buddy and I were on opposite sides of the team, and he he was driving or something, and he went around a pick, and I followed him, and he drove his head right into the side of my eye. Oh no! <laughs> so I had the most disgusting black eye, like immediately, like so much so that I flew with sunglasses on at the airport the next day, and they were like, "Oh, you need to take your sunglasses off at security," and I took them off, and they were like, "Whoa!" whoa. <laughs> back on, it was swollen shut. Oh wow! Fully closed, like purple and closed. Wow. And like and this and so and I was like, Oh, I have to start this job in three days. Like I hope that <laughs> yeah. I hope that this is gone. But, you should have been like, I ran into my old boss yeah, and he punched me. Yeah. So like I started yeah. this job at Connie Nast as the photo coordinator, junior person in the department, and I think I was twenty three or four at wow. the time with this horrible black eye. Yeah. Which by the way is like a fantastic icebreaker. Yeah, because yeah. people are like, oh, like, what's this maniac all about? Like, where did they find this guy? And everyone uh-huh. in the department that hired you is like, oh, man, what, what have we done? I yeah. find myself wondering, like, what outfit would I wear to offset a raging black eye? Like, do I need, do I go, like, really formal? Or does that even make it weirder? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, please don't, like, don't notice you put, like, a, maybe a brooch, a very large. Yes, yeah, something. Like a handkerchief. Yeah. You can't, you can't dress rebellious looking. No. then they'll go, that guy got into a fight. But if you dress kind of, like, nerdy and, like, innocent, it's like, oh, that poor innocent guy got mugged. Yeah, in New York, you're like, I got mugged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you make up a lie or did you tell the truth? Well, it's funny because people, when I told the story, they were all like, oh, you should have made up a lie. I'm, like, <laughs> right. I'm not, like, that good at that. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I can make it funny because it happened before the new job or whatever. But, you know, I had my I actually had my ID taken, my first content ass ID, which is actually was Fairchild details was part of Fairchild at the time. ID. So my ID that I have somewhere still has this oh, man. Oh, that's cool. black eye. Rad. But I st- but that jo- did I get did I get the job because of college uh, indirectly, mm-hmm. yeah because I was able to get the assisting job and then, right, okay. and then do it. I, you know most photographers, the the way I went from like, photog- from like student to photo assistant to photo editor to photographer is is a very uncommon track. Like usually the track that photographers do will, will be student or not student assistant yeah. for a long time and uh-huh. then you start kind of shooting. Okay. You know, but I I was always interested in the photo editing thing and it just kind of kind of just appeared at the right time. But do you think that being the photo editor put you in a good position at magazines just like oh we know him, we know we already oh, a million percent. Yeah. Because I was I was client side. Yeah. So, you know, when I left, I was at details for a year and a half and being a photo editor was amazing and the time that I was there was really really amazing because I spent the first six months of the job just like fucking up everything I touched (laughs) (laughs) like oh Eric um, this photographer needs a daylight studio for this shoot which is not just a studio that has daylight but it's a studio that like has lights in a place where you can use the windows to light the shoot yeah and i booked some like other studio that light. And it was like those kind yeah. of things so there I was almost, no windows in the studio <laughs> there were windows but they were like all the way over there like, right. it, was it was like really dark yeah. like i did all sorts of shit like that and 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 the woman who hired me uh judith pucker ranella who like you know stood by me throughout this whole time and I was able to, like, after six months, like, get all that stuff behind me. Because I went in there being like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. But yeah. I hadn't done so much of it. And yeah. you, like, walk into this job and you're taking on all these new responsibilities and inheriting the last person's thing. Yeah. And the last person, like, when they left, like, they knew what they were doing. Uh-huh. So you're, like, walking into all this stuff. <laughs> and so I, you know, for, the, for, for six months, I really, like, fucked up everything. But I, but I locked it in. And then the last year was really great. 
And then when I left, um, I started shooting all the stuff that I was producing because I was doing like kind of the younger stuff, like the new talent development and yeah. stuff called like for front of book, which isn't like the front of the magazine. So more like uh, younger photographers kind of starting. So I was like hiring them and producing that and editing that. And I actually got a promotion to associate photo editor like three or four. 30 seconds before I quit. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I had made a decision in my mind that I was, it was time after a year and a half. And you know, it, you know, when you're in corporate America, like raises and promotions and stuff, they take a long time. Even if you know what's happening. Uh-huh. So I knew it was happening. It just kind of like timed up that way. So did you want to leave to like do your own thing? Yeah. Okay. I, was, I basically made the decision that I was like, all right, well, I, I'm, ha- I'm giving the work to these kind of people, but like, I, I think it's time. For- How old were you when you did that? 24 that's young to make that decision usually that's Maybe 25 that's a thing someone either does then or they don't get to do they, they don't do it till they're like 32 and i actually talked to paul about it too and i was like i think i want to do this now and he was like yeah you should do it he's the best so he's i mean he's the fucking best i'll do anything for him God damn but it. um you know it was really fun but i ended up starting to shoot four details of stuff i was producing while i was there so it was a pretty seamless transition into working yeah. Um, but, and I started, my first job was for W Magazine. W Magazine was in the same building as Details. And I made friends with a photo editor up there. It's, a, it's such a small group of people. And the people that I, you know, made friends with and worked with at Details are still some of my closest friends to this, to this day. Oh, wow. The creative director is still there, but everyone else has gone other places. Yeah. To GQ or New York Times, you know. And, and, and so you build kind of, strong bonds like that we're all interested in the same thing so it's kind of makes sense did you start to see the magazine industry change while you were there was that kind of happening while you were there and you kind of just noticed things going away and the you know photography changing and the money changing and you know well it's really funny because when i started working i was so excited to get paid to take pictures yeah that i never even thought like oh this isn't good money you know what I mean? Like your first job, you get a, you, you know, you make like 500 bucks and you're like, oh, it's fucking amazing. I'm getting paid to take photos and I don't care how big the photos are, but people would always talk. People that have been working for a while are always like, oh, budgets are terrible. Yeah. And yeah. Not like it used to be because apparently it used to be very excessive, like yeah. private planes and massages on jobs and stuff like that. Wow. DJs, which you can guess sometimes, but, but, <laughs> but um, you still get the DJ. Like Fair enough. But, there I are mean, still like, DJs. When you like where I started in like 2006, that was it was bad already. It was starting to get bad, but yeah. I was starting my career and I was getting jobs. And yeah, I was like okay, well, I don't know the excess. Yeah, you were never around. For I was that. never. So that was actually really good, and, and I actually do think it's it's changed even again since I started. But to I, even less. It's just different because you know <laughs> okay. the valuation the, the the value placed on photographers has yeah. shifted because of the volume of people taking photos and Instagram and stuff like yeah. that. Which at beginning I was like really at odds with Instagram because I was like oh, everyone thinks they're a photographer. That's what I want. I was curious to talk yeah. to you about is everyone thinks they're a photographer yeah. now. Yeah. So how do you with obviously markedly better skills? How do you wade through that shit? Because I have that problem as an illustrator where it's like 
the thing I'll do for you is way better than, but the, you're getting offered a thing for free. Yeah. yeah. So while mine yeah. is better, it's free n- stuff never goes away. Free is fucking free. Yeah. So even if my like, even if my thing is ten times better, ten times zero is it doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> yeah, it's fucking still zero. Right? It's still zero. Do you um, think it's harder to for journalists like photojournalists versus like commercial? Because you have more access to like celebrities, like random assholes on Instagram aren't taking pictures of like, you know, Lizzie Kaplan and whoever else. They're, you know, like if, if some like war story breaks out, there's people that are actually living in those areas that can take photos. Yeah, I mean, photojournalism, photojournalists have never been, I don't know that photojournalism, the finances of that have changed that much because mm-hmm. people that are photojournalists, like they live for that. Yeah. Like they don't have, they're not in it for financial gain. Like they live the life. They right. live in these areas and they don't have family and they travel and I don't think that they're doing it for money. So I don't know the finances of that have changed that okay. much. But so far as like my kind of opinion of Instagram and the thing in the beginning, I was really conflicted because I was like, everyone's just got Amaro filter and you know what I mean? And, and yeah. it's a photographer and you hear stories of people getting campaigns off Instagram and stuff like that. And I was really at odds with it at the beginning. But then I was sort of like, oh, this is great because people are thinking about photography more. And yeah. People are taking pictures more and people are hungry for content. Yeah. So I was like, this is actually kind of fucking awesome. Because yeah. the more people that are involved in photography, the better. Because yeah. then you can sort of, I don't know, more people are focused on it, more value is put on what And also, you do. a lot of the people who are maybe thinking of becoming photographers, they're the customers of they end up being the customers of photography. They're going to buy the shit. They're going to buy the magazines. They're going to buy the yeah. books. Yeah. People aspiring to do a thing are the ones who end up being the geeks for it. Yeah. Whether they get into it or not. Yeah. And you know, the magazine industry has shifted mm-hmm. in like magazines closing, and it's a different thing. But the the need for content has just skyrocketed. Yeah. And content being created is on the rise. Uh-huh. It's just about like how it shakes out with its delivery methods. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of the celebrities that I photograph for big magazines have more Instagram followers than the magazine has readers. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's Yeah, like, magazines will have like 50,000 Instagram followers. Sure, but like I've worked with celebrities that have like 15 million Instagram followers yeah. and it's like, yeah. that's mind-blowing. And I used to really get off on the idea when I started shooting pictures and, and, and it was for GQ or for Details or W and they were really small and I was not I didn't never really cared like how it ran just the idea that you know 250,000 or 500,000 people are gonna like see that thing that you did yeah you know, like they're gonna see it and they're gonna be like oh cool like someone yeah. did, and then I was the person that did that I always loved that I was always such a nerd for the idea of just like getting eyes on it so Instagram kind of is a kind of hyper-realized version of that, especially if, like, someone with a ton of followers posts your art. Yeah. But do you have to, like, do you feel like you have to, like, parcel out what you put on there? You can't put everything. You have to, like, it's like, hey, preview of upcoming shoot, and it's like a snippet. It's not the real thing. Well, you know, nothing that I shoot for a client gets put on social media until it's out. Right. Unless the client has specifically. What do they call that? Me. It's it's embargoed or something. It's an embargo. Like yeah, it's such a weird term. It's like like you can't an embargo use it. is like a limitation on how you can reuse the photographs until a certain period of time passes. Oh, interesting. Past publish date. Okay. Like uh, you know, a story comes out and then uh, you can resell the photos, but you can't do it for ninety days or one hundred twenty days, or if it's okay. a cover, okay, yeah. you can't resell it for a year. Whoa. They're just restrictions. <laughs> Only on a year? That seems sort of short. Uh, well, some of them are longer. And yeah. Some of them are never. 
it changes all the time. Right. Like, there's a lot of contracts and they're super dense and I'm always like <laughs> studying them and, and, and fighting the good fight because intellectual property now is, that's what you have. Yeah. You know, with the rates getting cut and stuff, like yeah. if you're going to cut my rate down a lot, like I'm going to cut down on your restrictions. Like, yeah. It's just going to happen. If you want to pay me a lot of money for the job, then I'll give you more usage. Yeah. And I think like one of the real problems is people will sign fucking anything. Yeah. Like I've been sent stuff before and literally have written back, I cannot believe people sign this. Wow. Like there's some contracts that I that I've gone back and forth with and just I don't never sign. But like, <laughs> you know, but you you kind of are shocked by that. And and sometimes they're like, Well, if you don't sign it, like some other asshole will. That's just like the way it is. Or if that's not enough money for you, like some other asshole will do it. You know what I mean? So you have to wow. really pick and choose your battles. But I, I really do think it, it, at the end of the day, it's someone like you who does what you do well. You can be like, go ahead. And then they do it. And then they're all standing around looking at it and they're like, these aren't rad. And you're like, yeah, because we didn't have any money. We didn't pay them anything. We got you. You really do get what you pay for. Well, I, you know, it, it's not always like a financial thing. It's more about like, what am I getting out of it? Because I still do jobs where I either don't get paid or have to spend my own money on them. Yeah, if it's really rad, yeah, you're going to do whatever you want. Yeah, sometimes it's worth it, or the talent's really good, and you're like, mm. okay, like I'll put a little bit of my money in this, yeah, or I'll like pay a little bit more for like the good retouching so that I have this art for myself. Like sometimes it's yeah. still worth it, but you have to be you have to be careful, and you have to you you have to know when to say no, and it takes a lot of time to get to the point where you can say no comfortably. Yeah, be like thanks, but no, and not be worried that you're never going to get another another job. Yeah, because in the beginning you say yes to everything. Like I shot everything i shot food pictures i shot you know still lifes of coffee cups like you shoot everything i just noticed knowing you that it started to transition maybe three or four years ago where i just would notice you post things like it stopped being like a fashion magazine.com and then it was like the magazine which is a pretty big transition i was like oh He's moving up. I think it was like two, because I've been working for almost 10 years now, mm-hmm. but it's really been about the last two years because I spent, <laughs> back to like having good relationships, like I've always had really good relationships with my clients and because we're friends. So when you're a good person and you're a good person to work with, yeah, um, that can help you a lot because really it's art and it's subjective and there's like really amazing and then there's really fucking terrible but most everything's in the middle yeah and so like people are gonna hire you based on your work but also like they like dealing with you and they like hanging out with you and you gotta spend a whole day with a guy you want him to be cool with you or you know do the research whatever so i was fortunate to have a lot of great people in my corner in the beginning when i was not taking good photographs and i look back at the stuff all the time and like so much of it is like just dumpster fire of photography you know but i know that like i look at it and i'm like oh that was fucking terrible but i was always like very ready to fail yeah and i did a lot of it like i didn't i didn't really work for anyone that was like um, someone that like set up a lot of lighting like Paul Jasmine's like a lot of natural light but I never worked with anyone that like really set up a lot of lighting so I had to teach myself from like the ground up which yeah. was doing it wrong more often than right uh-huh. so I'll like look through my like the first four <coughs> or five years of my career and I'll see like oh that's good and then I'll look at a bunch of shoots and be like whoa whoa people don't <laughs> understand it, how hard it was I, the, uh, I went to Paris photo with someone and, and, and I was walking around and I was like just so you know I take the worst photographs in the world and she was like, really? I would think you'd be good. I was like, absolutely not. I fucking suck at it. I bought like a nice camera when I was like 18 off someone. Yeah. And I got like a lens. And I, I literally, I had had so many roles at like th- that I got developed at Thrifties that came out just black. 
to where they felt bad and were only charging me for the ones that came out there. Like, we're just going to charge you like a few dollars because all and, these and they, were so at Rite Aid. Yeah, they were just yeah. blank. Where I had done something How? wrong. Like, I cannot. I'm the. I'm a terrible, terrible photographer. You know what's funny is I can't draw for shit. Yeah, I not at all. Like my dad went to RISD. He can render. Like you can obviously draw. Right. Like incredibly, I can't do it. I took. We took a figure drawing class at Art Center. It's like part of the thing. It's like a five. Oh man, I loved watching. I loved people. seeing those. I loved seeing the photography students' figure drawings. Oh. They were hilariously I, bad. I would draw dinosaurs with rocket ships. I couldn't do it because <laughs> right. I could never render light. Like I can light something and I can see light and I can tell you what makes good light and I can so did, move stuff around. But yeah. I can't. I can't do it. I don't understand. Did you always have an eye for taking a good photo? Were you like when people looked at your photos, did they say things like, "Oh, you got a gift for this," or you have you have the eye for it? Um, I don't know. Not I was just doing it all the time. Yeah, I was taking a lot of photos, so I don't know. I mean, early on, you'd portfolio reviews in high school, and you meet with prospective colleges and stuff, and uh, mostly it's positive because they they what they're looking for is someone that's really dedicated to the thing they're doing, not some student that's like. I don't know, like, I want to do art, but I don't know. But that's most yeah. art students. So <laughs> me, I was like, oh, I want a photographer. And I met with a bunch of schools, and it was all really positive, and I got some scholarship offers and stuff, but I ended up yeah. in an art center. But I did meet with one, one person from Chicago Art Institute. Oui. It was like, you should not, you should do something else. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Actually, it was the last meeting. And I remember I took the meeting because my mom was like, I want you to meet with this school in Chicago. And I was like, already pretty much done with the meetings. And I met her, and she was like, you should do something else. Like, Chicago, and I was Chicago like, people are so gnarly. I was like, all right, cool. Wow. But I don't know, like, early on, you're sort of motivated by people telling you like you shouldn't do this or you can't do it. Like you use it as like a kind of fuel so that like, you know, you have hard time in high school and, and yeah. you're like a nerd in high school and then you like start to achieve some success and you want to go back to your five year anniversary and like everybody the finger. Yeah. And like that's what it feels like at the five year and then it's you start you start to get over that when you get the success because you're like, it's cool. Like I know I can do my own thing and I worry about that. Do you okay, when you shoot I've always wondered this, because I I think I know photographers that do two different things where some of them compose the photo and see it through the lens and kind of know they're taking the right photo at the right time. And then other people shoot shit tons of photos and then it's about finding it on the contact sheets or like, and then maybe cropping it or like finding it after the fact, like shooting lots and lots of what they feel like moments kind of in like in the moment and then finding it after the fact or do you like is it about like composing it and then you see it and you're like so, there it is like planning it or shoot now think later yeah it's for me it's more shoot now think later okay because especially in the times when you only have 5 10 15 minutes with client oh wow like I, wait there's photo sessions where it's that little it, time i shot here nightly in 60 seconds what? oh my god you just don't get Oh my god It's gone to the point Where you you can never expect To have a lot of time Wow You know what I mean Like the Sean Penn thing Was like 15 minutes Or it was 12 minutes That's fucking terrifying What's the stress level On that like There's no stress Because like I've gotten so good At operating In these tiny windows Because you take All the overthinking Out of it And no one can Micromanage you Right It's It's actually It's now my method so even when I have time, I work very fast. Okay. Like even if you're multiple You shots, know what's like, so interesting? In figure drawing class, they tell you that one of, one of the best teachers I had was like, draw the whole thing like you have 60 seconds. Yeah. Huh. You don't think. It's, you take all the thought out of it. You just go and you, you kind of stimulate the client, the, the client, the talent, and provoke them and get them to give you a range. But right. for me, it's very, it's like very fast and furious. Like it really is. And, wow. um, and, and 
so yeah, I shoot a lot, and I and I find in the edit because I'm still I'm a good editor. Like I can shoot for sixty seconds and get the shot I need because I'm very specific with direction, and I'm very much not afraid to ask talent to do things. Did you find that on your own, or was that a thing you got from you noticed someone at like is jazz? Is that the way Paul shoots, or is that you had to figure I, out? I don't know that like the speed that I shoot at like has. I've got become more efficient with my shoot times. Right. But I never, I never experienced anyone working like that, but it works really well with talent because, you know, a lot of these actors, especially like the A-list guys that have been working for a long time, like mostly they're like not into having photo shoots. Really? Yeah. Because Even when they're three really minute photo bo- shoots. I mean, they <laughs> seem really boring. So I'm up against that, like being like, Hey, I know you've had boring photo shoots, but this won't be, this won't be foreign and it'll be fast. And like, really that's the number one thing. They're like, can we make it fast? Yeah, uh-huh. can you do? Sometimes it's literally like it can be. And I've never, <coughs> I've never been the one photographed, but I've been at them. Yeah, and it's boring as fuck. So what kind of stuff do you say to them? It's the that, wrong shoot, then. It's yeah, the wrong shoot. Can what I kind of bathroom break, really quick? Oh yeah, yeah. This go is ahead. A good one, but I wanna, yeah, we we'll pause. Podcasts are supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. So what what is like a specific direction that you give like these big, <laughs> these big names? It changes a lot, but mostly you're just trying to keep people kind of off balance like okay. and kind of engaged and so i mean you'd say almost anything to get the reaction so if i'm like you know say i'm like well, whatever tom cruise some huge name yeah. who's just like who shows up to the shoot and he's just kind of like standing there like not you could see there's zero excitement just in his never face see people bored of my photographs because i like shout so many things at them okay like and i'll give you like i'll, I'll give you like a lot of body direction like a lot of things to do with your body okay. and your hands or in your face or whatever and then i'll like i have a conversation with you and i'll shoot the whole time and the thing is like i don't stop talking when i shoot oh interesting oh. it's stream of consciousness so he's tom cruise is never going to be standing there like that no it's impossible because it's like first of all, it's impossible that tom cruise is ever bored it's yeah i don't buy it he's <laughs> just always engaged uh and, and so no, I, I just talk the entire time. Okay. And oh. it's, I make it fun for people because, like, it's a, it's a little bit of, like, a show. Because, yeah. like, you have to be able to get the shot in 60 seconds. Yeah. You really have to be able to get it. Because, like, you know, I'll do, um, I do a lot of ad campaign stuff for TBS. And it's, like, on set TVs. TV okay, shows. yeah. So we'll, like, go into set between takes and shoot the cast for, like, 45, 60 seconds. Oh, wow. I'm in and out. But I got to go in there. Right. I got to go in there and I have to, you know, meet them. And I meet them before. <clears throat> I go in there and shout a bunch of stuff at them and get like a lot of range. Because for me, it's about range. Like if I shoot a lot and I get a lot of range, like I'm going to find something great in the edit. Okay. I'm not going to worry about each frame that much, but I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Okay. And give you a lot of direction. And maybe every once in a while I'll say some fucking weird, hilarious shit to you that like you didn't see coming. And that'll okay. get like a real smile or something. Okay. But it's cool. always fun and it's always fast. And the flow of the shoot's really important. Like the hardest thing for me is when too many people are involved and one person starts to get like caught up on like one stupid fucking detail. <laughs> and that puts the brakes on everything. That makes sense. The only the few times I've had to be photographed and they're like, smile, I'm like, I can't. You can just just do something that makes me laugh and then shoot that. But like I can't I literally I I'm unable. I'll give you like a like a hey girl or something. <laughs> See? Done. Like I'll give that you like that would work one hundred percent of like, the time. I'll, I'll, I've said I've I've made I had conversations about uh, takeout Thai food, uh, <laughs> hamburgers, yeah. uh, kitties, puppies, like anything. Like, yeah. I will talk to you to get you like kind of stimulated 
because you know especially on these long shoots if you're doing like a cover shoot and it's like a cover with options plus alternates like maybe six shots in there like you're shooting for a long time so you move fast and you have to constantly kind of snap people out yeah. of their sort of thing because it, it, it can become very repetitious and you're looking for really like an engagement and an excitement like and, and to see me in the photograph um, okay. but, I mean I'll say like almost anything have you had an experience? If someone's like, if someone's like, you know, give me a hard time, like, and or like, for instance, I shot uh, Yasiel Puig, uh-huh. in uh, who's a, who's a Dodgers baseball player. Uh-huh. For, for those yep. of you uh, fans of athletics, listen to this. Um, I shot him in Miami, and he sp- he doesn't speak a ton of English, but he does speak English, you know, and, and so you know. And there were periods of time where he was like kind of pretending like he didn't speak English. So on the last, <laughs> we're doing like the last shot on this baseball field in Miami, and he's like not really paying attention to me. And then he starts like looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, "You're so fucking pretty." You're so. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like he understood, like he knew, you know. You just you can say like anything really if you say it like with a sense of humor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can t- like you know you, anything anything nothing's really like off. <laughs> Off the limits, you know? That's funny. But not everybody can get away with that. Yeah, like, no. And you can't be afraid to like be that person to like yeah. make talent. To you know, everyone wants to have a good time. You want to be fast, and you want people to enjoy it because I super enjoy every shoot that I do, and I've gotten to the point where I don't take on shoots that I won't enjoy. Oh, cool. So I'm having a good time when I do it because I am such a nerd for photography and also the theory of like operating as an artist. So I just want you to, I want you to leave the shoot and be like, that's like the most fun I've had. Yeah. He's my favorite or that was just awesome. And when I get that email from a publicist from some big talent that says that, I'm like pretty stoked on it because I just want people to have like a positive association with photography. Yeah, and your photography. Specifically my photography. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can well, keep I, working. Listen, yeah. I'm okay like leading by example. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm all right with that because, you know, there, you, you, I, I'm very precious about photography and yeah. protecting like it and, and kind of, you know, hoping that one day like there's, I have some <coughs> importance in, in the history of it. Yeah. Do you, have you ever found you did a shoot and you felt like it didn't necessarily, you weren't going to get, you didn't get what you want, didn't go well, and then you looked at the proofs and you're like, oh shit, maybe, I, there was actually a lot there. Oh, you mean like end of the day, not seeing it? Yeah, you're like, I don't know. And uh, then going back to the film and seeing it? Um, like that yeah. person was sort of dead in the face, and then you like, and then you went there like, oh, wait a minute. Well, I've gotten, I've gotten better at, at getting tons of range from people, and now that I can get a ton of range from people, like it's, I know it's always there. Like I never wrap the day not knowing that it's there because I get a lot of range, but... Yeah, early on when you're starting and your confidence maybe isn't like super high because like you have not done a lot of shoots or you haven't done enough big shoots and talent hasn't like seen your name and stuff right. like that. Uh-huh. Um, you don't, you're not giving as much direction, so you're not getting as much range. And that's sort of where you get a little thin on like worrying, like, oh, did I get the shot? Yeah. Sure. What's the biggest shoot you've ever done, like production value wise, where like um, amount of people or like the. I did, uh, so the amount of people-wise, I did the campaign for the Today Show. Okay. So I shot like eight or nine people together. If, and it was a big NBC job. And uh-huh. there must have been like 40 or 50 people on set. Whoa. Between two now, do you have to but get... I love that shit. Oh, you do oh, love that shit. the more people that are there... Oh, I love it because I just want to run a good set. Like if I'm running a good set and there's 50 people there and everyone's having a good time, like for me that's like a big win. Like yeah. I get off on that. I'm like bring all the people in. You yeah. know, these TBS things. When I do these things, I'll pump in. I'll you know I'll pop in a set between takes and there's like 50, 60 crew dudes behind me. 
Wow. Like, I, like some people get like freaked out with too many people around, but like I love it. As long as I can like get through and you're not like standing in the way or kicking my cables over or, right. <laughs> or like a hairstyle knocking a camera off tripod. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Jesus. As long as you're not that person, like, yeah, be there. Yeah. And be excited. Like if I can get a, if I can get 50 people excited about what I'm doing, like that's great. That's, I mean, that's when that's you shoot cool. up like nine people at the same time. Yeah. It, do you, can you like switch out their faces after the fact? If, yeah, if, sure. Okay. Yeah. Because that seems like a nightmare. You kind of well, you 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 always have that. You try and get it like in the frame, but really it's about volume. So if you're gonna if you if you if you're doing a group shot and it's ad, there there might be some compositing going on. You try and get it, but again, the group shots you really overshoot the group shots, right? Because you want to get everyone looking great in enough frames like ideally uh-huh. you want a frame where everyone's there but if you know if you get a frame where like eight people are perfect and one person like has their eyes closed like you, yeah. you might do some compositing there how do you feel about like uh i've heard photographers complain about the overuse of like photoshop and things like that if it's done badly it's a valid complaint yeah but let's get better people like you know what i mean like the people that work on my stuff they make my stuff they elevate my work okay like i'll take it like a, a good a terrible photo is never gonna look like a great photo you know what I mean? With no matter yeah. how much but photo, a, yeah. But a good photo can be elevated by good retouching. I mean, they're artists. Like, the people yeah. that I work with, like, and it's sometimes hard to explain to clients when they're like, well, this person's cheaper, or I can get this person, or we can do it in-house. And it's like, but this person is an artist, and they approach my images a very specific way to get a very specific look. So that's as much part of the process as, like, the lighting or the direction or whatever okay. is how it's finished. You know, like a printer in a darkroom, like, who used to do stuff like yeah. that. Is that a lot of the battle now is convincing people why things should cost what they cost? Yeah, it's always it's always part of the conversation. Yeah. You always have to like justify everything you do cuz sometimes stuff will come in at the right budget and sometimes people will be like, "Well, but this person yeah. costs this." Yeah. And you have to kind of explain the difference in a, in a way that's not like well, fuck that guy on bed. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not like that. It's like, well, this is how I work, and you're hiring me because this is the work you've seen. Like, these are the things that go into producing that kind of that kind of art. Yeah. And generally, when you explain it like that, people are like, okay, and they come and they come with like more budget. You know what I mean? Or if it's jobs where the budget's tight and you, you need more, like, be like, all right, well, just give me the budget I need to produce the job and get the supplies done, and I'll like waive my fee. Like I've done uh-huh. that on jobs where I'm like, listen, you know, it's important to me that we have the money we need to execute the job and make good art. And if we can get all that stuff, like you don't have to pay me. Wow. It doesn't happen that much, but you know, sometimes it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like you shoot someone big and it's a, a job you care about. Like it's worth it. You know, you, 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 you get paid for a job. You get paid once you have the photos forever, but if you don't get paid, you still have the photos forever. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's hard. To, you don't want to get hung up on the paycheck from every single job. Interesting. Now, so, I mean, you've only been shooting for 10 years, which really isn't that, if you think about, like, someone like Jazz, but it's interesting. But he started in his 40s. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's there's an interview that I did with him in American Photo Magazine. It's on my website. Okay. Um, The whole thing's up, American Photo on Campus, and we talk about a co-interview. Okay. So you you guys should read it. What's the website? Eric Ray Davidson. Okay. Um, but you, so you've kind of made the transition from photo editor to photographer and you start out small. Now you're shooting legitimately kind of big things. Yeah. Where do you, 
is this, do you want to just kind of do more of this and, or do you see yourself going in a different direction photography wise, or is it, is it just more of the same? Like, cause you seem super fired up about what you do right now. I, I've always been super fired up. I mean, the important thing for me is to always be focused on getting better and improving. Right. Like I always want to do better than I did the time before and find new ways to kind of approach my jobs. And I think like that's the real trick to staying excited is continually pushing yourself because some photographers, they get like one thing and they do that one thing really well and that's all they do. Yeah. And they never evolve from there. And you can make a lot of money doing that. Yeah. But I'm never really that person and, and I shoot a lot of different kinds of stuff and you know, for the early parts of my career that really confused people because like when you start, people are like, oh, be the guy that does that thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, be but known if you for be a guy thing. that does everything. Like it's going to be a little trickier. That's why I like this little this little book that I made is good because yeah. it's a broad broad strokes. But it covers a lot of ground. I remember Dan Winters like gave a talk at Art Center and he was like, "Yeah, this thing where people are like, oh, I only shoot black and white. He's like, that's ridiculous. It's like what I, sorry, I don't like, know that you can get that you can start a career <coughs> only doing one thing now. Like mm. I, you know. I think you have to kind of be able... I, I'm always kind of like a great photographer should be able to shoot anything and make it look cool. Yeah. And I've, you know, and so that's always been kind of my, my thing. To me, that's what... Photo- it's the thing that I can't do with the camera that I notice good photographers can do is they look at a thing and see a thing I sort of miss and they know how to find it with the camera. I may see it and be like, I can tell there's a good picture in there somewhere, but then once the camera's in my hand, it goes to shit. Yeah, when yeah. you see some people like... If you're like look, if say you're like on a camping trip or whatever, and there's like you know mountains and a lake and all this stuff, yeah. like the way some people capture all of those things in a photo is kind of amazing sometimes. It's better where you're like that's what I meant, meant more like why did you have an eye for it? Because some people can like just know how to frame something. Well, like I'm gonna get both parts of this valley plus this lake and then the sun shining in just the right I think way you or amount. You start with a general sense of composition. Uh-huh. Like, if you don't have any sense of composition... Define composition. Like, if you're way taking a photo. things are placed in the frame. Yeah. Okay. The balance of things in the frame. Right. Where they, where they sit. Okay, yeah. You know, when you look at a... When you look at... I don't know. Like, how they're composed. Like, how they're put together. Like okay, if, you yeah. have a, if you have a kind of a broad general eye of how things are supposed to go, you can build on that. If you, if you don't understand composition, like, it'll just never happen. Yeah. Because it's like, it's still going to live in one space. So if you can't design the stuff in that one space with the camera, you know, you're hopeless. you can't build on that. <laughs> right. but, but you can, but you can, it's practice. It's practice. It's yeah. practice. And like, you should always be thinking about how you can get better or like, how mm-hmm. can I make my lighting better? Or how can I like direct my subjects better? Or how can I get more out of them? Um, or how can I move? I, it's not like, how can I move faster? Because now I move like as fast as possible but, yeah. um, it's, it's become my really become my method um, but how do you continually improve throughout so the next thing I don't know like it's dangerous to kind of be like to set kind of concrete yeah. goals you kind of have to just my idea is like I'm just going to keep getting better. Yeah. It'll almost kind of show up in and of itself because it'll be a thing you want to improve at. It'll take you a particular direction and then all of a sudden you'll be shooting a specific thing to be improved in that way. Yeah. So I I just kind of just get better and let it and let what happens come and you know like when the video stuff comes along like I did that ASAP Rocky video with GQ it was so much fun and I do a little video stuff but not a ton but Uh when it comes it's really good. I'm not going to like force it. 
you know. So you like directed a video. Yeah. Oh wow, that's exciting. Every every once in a while, like a project will have a video component, and I'll be able to get in there and do it. Uh-huh. And I, I mean it. that when videos were a big thing, they pulled so many people from. You know, just photographers. Madonna, I remember that story where Madonna literally went to Herbert's and was like, you need to learn how to make a music video in four days. Yeah. And he, he, she goes, I want you to make a music video. And he goes, yeah. I don't know how. She goes, you have yeah. four days. Yeah. That's amazing. Herbert's was a super, it was a really important influencer early in my career, like when I was in high school. Because he had, Herbert's had a, the work exhibit at Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Yeah. I saw that early on. And I was like, it's so dope. And I love the simplicity of it. And I'm still very much into simplistic photography. Like, mm-hmm. n- not a lot of, not a ton of bells and whistles. Very direct, and very much about the, you know, the connection between uh, me and the, and the subject. That's what I find I gravitate towards when I was like walking around Paris photo. It's like when there's a whole. I mean, I do love like someone who composes things like Gregory Crutzen. I love. Yeah. Yeah. But what the, you can take a really, if you're a good photographer, you can take a photo of something that seems really simple and it's not at all simple. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. That, like, you, like an ashtray. And you're like, like I love Stephen Shore. And yeah. he can shoot a thing where you're like, that's great. Yeah. Or like, what's it, Thomas Struth. Like yeah. those guys, you, it looks simple, but it's not. And I think a lot, of, but there's a lot of shit there that was like, heavily photoshopped and just like real melodramatic you're like relax you're, this is not you're overdoing well, it well you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't like yeah. that was another thing that I was that I was talking to my friends at Paris Photo about is like there's so many different you know avenues to make a living at in photography and there's not always a lot of crossover like you know I don't you know I do I guess I'm a commercial photographer I guess like I do yeah. magazine covers and ad campaigns and stuff like that and some people do fine art gallery stuff and they don't there's don't, not I mean yeah the people that cross over are few I mean it's like yeah Jurgen Teller does Louis Vuitton ads or whatever they were Mark Jacobs Mark Jacobs yeah but um, that's pretty rare yeah and so there's not a lot of cross but that's what that's why I, f- I find a place like Paris Photo very interesting do you find that a, a challenge that you want to like get into like going, I've done some going shows f- I, I've, I did, I've done like three shows uh-huh. I did a, a project for the New York Times Fashion Week behind the scenes stuff and I did it in a way that really kind of hadn't been done at the time kind uh-huh. of um, observational and from far away and I like those because they f- they felt like you snuck in yeah it was like nature photography <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like yeah. it was like it was like a kid who snuck in to Fashion Week and was like, yeah, I would have taken pictures, pictures of this shit too. Yeah, because I did that project for the New York Times. New York Times has a style magazine called T. It's great. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, and then they, had, cool. they have a website called The Moment. Yeah. And they, Judith Puck and Ranella, who was the woman who hired me at Details, who then was a T, brought me in to do this project. And they were like, we want to do a Fashion Week thing, but like in a different way. Right. So they were like, go to these shows, but you don't like, we don't have anything specific for you to get. Just like shoot, like, what you want to shoot there so really i i did sort of a dream come true but created the whole the whole identity of that thing and it was not focused on the makeup or the clothes or whatever it was really like fashion week as wildlife photography (laughs) and that's how i thought of it like i would park in one place and i would just kind of like watch everything very like fly on the wall very fly and i wouldn't cool I i would never engage with anyone so it was it was 
So yeah, everything was, was candid was, and like yeah, it was, wow. It was Were there like a ton of photographers there too? Like is, oh, is but no one was doing that at the time because everyone that was there was doing like trying to hit it a certain way for a certain thing. Like oh, get the beauty yeah. looks for the makeup blog or get the clothing yeah. looks or get this and you know everyone was using like most people were using flashes and stuff yeah and stuff evenly and i was shooting all available light with like long lenses and stuff and really like kind of treating it like a reportage project and i saw second season after the first season i did some of that stuff sort of trickle into more of like the mainstream but i didn't have any restrictions so i could shoot anything i want and it was it was fun it was exhausting because it was like shoot all day go home edit upload caption go back out the next day for how many days eight days holy shit and the first, by day, the first say by day five where you're like all right i'm the getting the first the season i had an assistant to help me carry my stuff and the second season i didn't and the second season wow. was really hard because i was like you know but the first season was fun because i hadn't really experienced fashion week front to back like that before and Damn. it was new york times so i had good access but i still had to fight like even with good access at fashion week like if you're a photographer like with a big magazine like if you're like one of the regulars and people know you from the pr rooms it's cool but like for me, like it was my first time doing it, even though I was in the New York Times, I still had to like haggle to get in places. Whoa. At the end of the day, it was like you have to go to like these five things to like, get whatever you want, but you have to go to these things. So you get there and they're like, Oh, you're not like here on the list or something, you have to like haggle with them to get in. You're like, but I'm with so, the New York Times, like, whoa. Yeah, so it was but you know, everyone's there with something important, right? right yeah, There's yeah. more photography now than there was, but that was a really, really super fun experience. But I did show that stuff. Uh twice in LA and once in New York and the last time I showed it I did I showed it at Siren Studios and I did 8 by 10 footprints oh, like Jesus. big like um, wow uh, Jesus dude uh, laminate uh, those kind of that material they vellum use that no the material they use for um, movie billboards and stuff I don't so know whatever I did yeah, these big 8 by I did like 8 8 by 10 foot prints Whoa. and then I did like smaller ones but it was really cool because they were bigger than lifestyle <laughs> yeah so that was really cool so I've shown the stuff three times but wow. um, but I'm not like an art photographer like it was fun but uh-huh. that's not like my main avenue do wow. you ever just shoot on your own for fun all the, is that a thing you do or are you constantly working so much that that's where you get it out I don't know I shoot photos of my dogs <laughs> <laughs> like I have my iPhone and I shoot stuff as I'm like you know like a funny license plate or my dogs or whatever yeah. like you know, you know I, I I always have my iPhone and I take a ton of photos of my iPhone like uh, but I do very much feel like the jobs I get hired for are very everything's very personal like I'm very yeah. invested so I don't like feel like oh like I'm not shooting like a paid job this week like I have to go out and take photos because I'm usually so busy and I f- like I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing it like I think personal work's important if the jobs you're getting hired for are not maybe like stimulating you in the right way uh-huh. but I'm very fortunate in that all the jobs I'm taking on right now are exciting and stimulating well that's cool so I don't need to like I don't need like a to rescue myself from that. What's Sean Penn like? Sean Penn was awesome. <laughs> is he gnarly, just like grizzled dude, like <sighs> No, he was awesome. You know, they we that was a really fun shoot because we shot that in a tiny room at the Malibu Beach Inn, which I don't know if you've ever been there before. No. It's really nice. It's like right on the water. Oh, uh, but we had to set up a photo studio like in one of the rooms and it was tiny and full of furniture and so we like put the couch on the balcony and removed art off the walls and moved all the furniture and we had to set up the seamless like the roll of paper at like an angle uh-huh. to fit it in the room and that was like yeah it was like 12 minutes and that was as fast that was as so like, the times are so funny that was as still. quick as i'd been because i'd take like three frames and then i'd give more i'd move them take like three more frames uh-huh. usually like you take a bunch 
just in case you blow focus. But like, I looked at the edit and it was like one frame here, two frames there. Like that was you just you have to move fast. You know, you have to move fast now. But it's fun. It's exciting. Because you so like cool. you spend a lot of time setting up and waiting. Yeah. Like, if I do a co- like okay like I do if I do a Cosmo cover shoot, I'll get there at like seven eight in the morning. We a lot of times won't start shooting till like noon or like one or something. So you get there and you like set your stuff up and you like talk with everybody and meet the talent or whatever or say hi to talent if you know them and then you kind of like just sit. <laughs> so like your brain like sort of atrophies a little bit. Yeah. So you have to like you have to be able to just kind of turn it on like instantaneously and go like really fast. And so in those situations like you know you're waiting and you know that like all right, it's going to come and then you're going to have your 12 minutes and like, there's no time to fuck around. So like, just be right. Wow. That's it. So I guess there's a lot of pressure, but like, I don't know. That's all I know now. So like when I get these days when I have like four hours of talent and it's like one page, I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with all this time? <laughs> yeah. Four hours now sounds like a fucking oh, eternity. Like eternity. If you can do it in like, 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No. And you know, so the speed thing is fun, but I don't, you get nervous in the beginning. Like, and I guess sometimes there's still some nerves, but it's more about like just knowing that like when when you have to go, like you'll be ready to go. Yeah, because you just know you're just your brain is just trained to go there. Wow. So what would be like if you had it? So right now, say someone's listening who's like a young photographer wanting to break into like commercial photography or just wants to be better at taking a picture. Yeah. What would you? What's like advice? Like simple advice you give to like a young person? Oh, just fail. Just fail, fail a bunch. over and over okay. and over. Like, make it your point to, like, do things that you're pretty sure you're going to fail at. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Be like, I'm going to try this. Like, mm, it's probably, like, above my pay grade, but, like, I'm going to do it. Like, uh-huh. fail, 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 fail. Like, that's the biggest thing. That's how I learned everything. I did so many things wrong for so long. Yeah. And the only reason I was able to, like, get through it was because I had a really good attitude about it. Like, and if things went south, like, I just, like, had a smile on my face and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, but, yeah, fail. Like, a lot of people sometimes people don't do things because they're like afraid that they might fail like I don't want to do it because like I'm afraid I won't be able to do it or I'll fail but like you have to go into that you have to like attack that (laughs) yeah know that you will sounds like so Tony Robbins but you have to like attack that fear of failure and like seek out the failure because you learn so much from failing at shit and you also you learn like what you would have done differently and then you also learn how to deal with it psychologically yeah stand-ups like that where like you learn more from your bad sets than your good ones Oh, yeah. I mean, stand-up is, like, terrifying, right? It sounds like you're about to do it, then. <laughs> yeah, if, if there was any reason that I needed it for my art, I would do it. But, right. no, I, no, I think that, no, I think that's probably my number one thing in practice. Yeah. Just take a lot of photos. Like, take photos of, you know, like, take photos of what's around you. Don't feel like, oh, like, I, I want to be this kind of photographer. I have to set this kind of thing up. Like, take photos, uh, you know, of your life mm-hmm. and the people in your life. Like, Paul Jasmine's always saying this. Like, show us your world. Show me your life like document that start there you know what i mean because like as a young photographer like breaking in you just want to show people your point of view and so you know that's kind of my best advice and embrace instagram and embrace instagram like people can people can people can a lot of people can see it you know what i mean and eyes on is good because you're looking to like build name recognition also if you're if you're rad you're rad i've stumbled into like so many you can always get rad that's the thing yeah you like Nobody is like comes out and it's just the bad. best. And if, yeah. if you start too hot, like with too much attention, it can actually kind of fuck you up a little bit long term 
because you you, you want to fight for it a little bit, you know. Yeah. And and you just the failure thing is just I mean it's so big, you know. I mean if I hadn't done so many things wrong, I probably wouldn't be doing any of the things I'm doing right now. So you, you, do you even suggest that people fail on? Like publicly on Instagram and on wherever else people can upload photos to. Like when you're well, now, that's how it happens. I mean, you're gonna do that. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have to. You have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, you have to be okay with that. You have right, to be right. Okay with like looking at the stuff later and being like, "Oh, it sucks." Oh god, you that's know, the worst. I've stumbled into like people's Instagram accounts. It's just, it's just random people that aren't even like professionals, and they'll be like. They like cool looking photos because they like vacation a lot and they just yeah. like have an eye for photography, and they'll have like a hundred and thirty thousand tw- like uh, Instagram yeah, followers, Instagram and you're like, "How? Who is this guy?" Yeah, yeah. the Instagram thing is really funny. It's with crazy. Like who gets a lot of followers and likes, and it's very you don't want to get. It's easy to get like sucked into like, "Why don't I have like more followers or something like?" Yeah, that. yeah. But um, I go through mine. and I'm like, "Why do I follow? Who is this person?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been following <laughs> you for a year and a half. I don't know what you do. <laughs> This is like some cool shit, and yeah. I'm like, I think yeah. you draw stuff, but yeah. I don't know where it ends up. I probably follow too many people. I, I finally got to, s- I follow exactly 666, so now that's, I can oh. never go under or so, above. So oh, what yeah. happens if you find someone you want to follow, you have to unfollow someone? I got to dump somebody. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think I follow like 1,200 people, because I always want to see content. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then sometimes you'll follow someone, and then like you want to stop following them, but like you don't <laughs> want them to know. So like you have to keep following them. Yeah. You know, even though like you see their post, and you're like, oh, you're like, I don't want to see this anymore. Why do I turn my phone on in the morning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, the Instagram thing is funny because some some like photographers on Instagram will have hundreds of thousands or something like a million followers, and yeah. you're like, I don't like, you know. Yeah, it's Instagram almost... followers don't equate to like money, no, really, or success or whatever, because you know it's it's you can make good money as a photographer, but you got to like put time in. Like I, I took me eight years to like really turn to really make any money being a photographer. Yeah. There's no way an Instagram like account can get a job at like a magazine, right? You can't, that's not a resume. That's not a portfolio. No, they can. They can. That's the thing. Like, I remember early on someone being like, Oh, like uh, a so-and-so got a job for the national parks department because they like their Instagram photos. And I was like, wow. (laughs) And that was back in the time where I was like, fuck Instagram. Right. But obviously now I use that. Like it's how I, it's how, like I have my website and I maintain my website. It's very current, but Uh people stare at their phones all day. Yeah. Mostly at Instagram. And you know that because like you'll post a photo and someone that is very busy likes your photo in the first five minutes. And you're like, Jesus, I mean, if you're on the Instagram all day, like everyone, yeah, yeah. so is everyone. So it's how you kind of remind people that you're alive, yeah, and like that you're making art. And it's like people go there, and I'll post something, and then it's like, oh, well, like you, if you want to see more, like you know, my website's like in my bio. Uh-huh. But it is important to like keep people, you know, uh, up to date on like what you're doing. See, that's like, the I'm fucking pretty good best attitude for it. I put stuff up as soon as I can. Yeah, like if I find it on the newsstand. It's on my Instagram. If it's something I'm like want to show people, because that's how people are. They want it right. They want it right away. Right away. They I do mean, not want to wait. Two I have days. some clients that like I do. I work for EW sometimes. Yeah. And they generally the stuff comes out like a week after I shoot it, which is amazing. Like when I shot the Star Wars cast. Wow. Which is so much fun. Like, yeah. That stuff came out a week later, and that was great. So I only had to wait, wait a week, but I waited like six months for a job to come out before. Whoa. Like when I shot McConaughey. So you like I have like, forgotten about it. I waited like six months 
because they shot it for Interstellar Press, but it was some French company, and they, they, you know, they arranged with the publicist when the stuff's going to come out. So I had these photos I shot of him that I loved, and that was one of my favorite experiences. And I had to wait like six months to really like broad show people. Yeah, like you can if you have like a friend as a photo editor, you can like be like, look at this cool thing, I'll show it to anybody. But like uh-huh. generally, like you can't show anybody. That's like the agreement. Wow. And so, yeah, like the, the the difference in time, and yeah, we live in this culture where everybody wants things like immediately. Yeah. So you want that too, especially you like take a photo, and you're like, oh, this is so cool that you know sh- everyone's gonna I love. Show yeah. Yeah. Photo, but I gotta wait. You know, usually it's between like usually it's between two, 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 three months. That's okay. usually the window of time when I'm shooting for like a big publication, unless it's like last minute or it's a weekly. Man, man, that drive me nuts. You just get used to it because you, if you're busy, the intensity of your job. Like when you hear like someone go, "I'm a photographer," you think like, "Oh, they just they show up to a set and they shoot some photos and they have a few hours." But it's like you're so busy and the level of talent that you're shooting is on a plane. It's like stressful. You you, I spent six years by co- truly by coastal between New York and LA, uh-huh. alternating weeks at a place in Brooklyn and a place out here. I mean, Damn. I met Alaria, my wife, yeah. and. Uh, uh, from occasionally awesome podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she, uh, I met her and we, I was I was literally alternating weeks. Wow. Like I was leaving on an airplane. I didn't. I never unpacked for like five six years. I didn't unpack. And I now we don't have the place in Brooklyn anymore. Now I'm choosier with what I travel for. Like I used to get on a plane for any any job because that's what we have to do in the beginning. That's you awesome. To say yes though. to everything. So I did that and I did it. But now it's like if it's going to take me away from my wife and my dogs. Yeah. And, you know, and soon to be kid. Like I, it's got to be good, right? You know? Right, and that's fine. It's a good position to be in. It takes a while. Yeah, you know I mean, it takes a while to get there. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, for every shoot day that I'm doing, I'm doing like, you know, not like a ton of days at home, just like preparing for mm-hmm. that or thinking about the next one. You know, right. if I'm not on set taking pictures, I'm at home on the computer, like doing invoices or writing emails or yeah, you know, getting it done. My book or printing promos or or. You know, it's like it never stops you know but it's really fun like if you if you want to be an artist like you better be really fixated on theory of what it is to be a working artist because yeah. if you're excited about that you'll enjoy all the little things that go into it and you'll be excited to like improve because yeah, that that stuff is the process yeah when they say it. enjoy yeah. the process that's like the stuff that, that, that actually shit. never goes away it yeah. never goes away ever but you know you you can get more efficient at it and make it like a game but it's like how can you get more efficient at that how can you become a better artist how can you uh-huh. become a more efficient artist like and and then how do you develop like a brand based on that kind of idea yeah, Damn. that's pretty much it. But yeah, it's 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 complicated, but it's, oh, it's so much fun. It's yeah, you so can much feel fun. your excitement for it. But that's what I do. Like when people come on come to my jobs, like I'm I'm always very excited to do it because I, because I enjoy it so much, and and I I carry that through the shoot and and bring it to the client, yeah, I mean, to the talent. Also the client, obviously to the client, but to the right. talent as well <laughs> to get them like engaged and excited for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's a it's a trip, and I love it, and I and I also love talking about it. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I like some of like still some of my best friends are people that I met working at Details right. Details Magazine, and you know we can go out and like sit down and have drinks or have dinner, and we'll just talk about this exact shit forever. You know, and most of them are still like on the client side or whatever. But like my buddy mm-hmm. Rob is the creative director of Bloomberg Business Week, and my friend Krista is the photo director of GQ, and Rockwell is still the creative director. Rockwell Harvard is still the creative director at Details. Mm-hmm. Like we used to coach a soccer team together and shit. So that's like that's like the crew. 
but yeah. we're all very like invested in in this process and that's what keeps us like doing it and excited to do it and work hard for it good job dude that's a great outlook is that good? Is it that totally good? is no it's infectious it really is that's kind of, well you also like get ready to fail and f- and embrace the failure seek out the failure seek out the failure seek out the failure enjoy the process and maintain good relationships you have and you have a good attitude about it yeah you know because it's like when i was a photo editor you know you meet people and you see their books or whatever and, and sometimes people be like all right cool like you like my work like when's the job when's the job and it doesn't work like that you have to yeah. be willing to like start a relationship with someone that you might not work for for years wow you know what i mean like i you know it takes years sometimes to crack the clients that you want to do and, and it takes a lot of like focusing on like all right why why am i not working for that person if i want to work for them like what's what's not right in my work how does my work not match the brand mm-hmm. um but yeah fail 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 Fail, 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 and just like think about it. Think about it a lot, and take a lot of photos. Like digital now, it's easy. You can take as many photos as you want. All you have to worry about is the storage. Yeah. Like that's it, which is its own thing. But like, you don't have to worry about like film costs or whatever. You can shoot as much as you want. So if you're starting off, you just shoot all the time. Learn how to work with raw files, which is like the image, like how you process the files out. Uh-huh. Like, shoot all the time. Practice. I still, you know, it's like every shoot is still practice for me. That's why you're successful. See? Yeah. This is what I've been saying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and you can apply that to everything. Yeah, literally. Anything yeah. you do. Yeah. Literally everything. Literally everything. Because we know fail. so many people that just sit around doing nothing and go, why isn't it working? You're yeah. like, well, you're not... You literally aren't doing ...doing anything. <laughs> you're just waiting for shit to happen to you. It's just funny. Because it's very simple. I mean, not like to do. It's like a simple like philosophy to at least start on where it's, it's like momentum, work it's hard a momentum thing though like when you like i know when you come out of school or where you're in school and people and then you have to make assignments like it's a drag because you're like not moving. yeah it's a momentum thing like you have to maintain momentum because there's like a part of your brain you need to keep active yeah so even if you're not doing the thing you're always thinking about it. like i think about my job and photography pretty much every second of every single day <laughs> That's like good. I, I divide my mind like I've got my wife and my family and my dogs and my uh-huh. kid and stuff like I think about all this stuff but I'm always like thinking about it's always shit. somewhere in there it's always somewhere in yeah. there because I'm like obsessed with the theory of it like I always want to be like I want to just do this forever and I want to be you know I want to have like an impact you know yeah. and, and you know enjoy it and be excited because I don't want to just I don't want to just be successful I want to be successful but really love it because you know some people Everybody knows someone that's like super successful professionally, but they're fucking miserable. Yeah, they hate their job. They hate, they, they're miserable as people. And you're like, well, fuck that. Like, I don't need to be that way. So, you know, build a career that, you know, and that you can enjoy. And yeah, those are usually the money chasers, the ones that like want, just wanted to get rich. So they did something like, oh, that'll get me rich. And then they get rich and yeah. they're like, I fucking hate my job. Yeah, yeah, you can't make it up. If that. you don't yeah. love the process, you are fucked. Yeah. Yeah, every day is hell. Yeah. Because you got to go to that job that you hate most every the, day. Most of everything is the process. So if you don't love it, man, you are in trouble. Yeah. The amount of time that I actually shoot photos, yeah, like it's on nothing. A set, like the actual amount of time per like per day, one percent. Yeah, like I, my, I, had to, I had to get <laughs> yeah. new contact lenses this week because like it's been like a year. Like my vision's getting a little bit worse. I think, but it's because of the iPhone. I think. Yeah. Um, this is what they told me. She was like, well, oh, your right eye is getting a little worse. And I was like, oh, I looked at the camera with my right eye. But then I was like, oh, but that's only for like, you know, maybe seven <laughs> Three minutes, minutes. For the whole day. <laughs> Am I doing that? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It can't possibly be that. 
Um, dude. Anyway, what, what else? Is that good? I think that's it, man. I think we're good. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, cool. Fascinating. That was awesome. Our center grads. ACCD. Yeah. For Give, life, as in for life, as in debt for life. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Give us your website one more time or anything else that you would like to uh, like, promote. My website plug. and my Instagram handle are both Eric Ray Davidson. Okay. E-R-I-C-R-A-Y-D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N. Okay. Dot com. Dot com's the website. The Instagram okay. handle is just my name. It's just your name. <laughs> <laughs> and then is there anything else? Dot com. Anything else you want to plug or that's coming up in like like this month or next month that uh, you want people to know, you know about? I, 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 I would, but I can't. I <laughs> oh, you're not allowed you. to. Well, I okay. don't trust you. Right. It's just, uh, <laughs> right. It's, it's, your hair is um, too perfect uh, to yeah. trust. Trying to um, sneak information yeah, out right. of you. Uh, okay. No, but I don't know. Like uh, My Instagram and my website are pretty updated. Okay, and cool. I post stuff you know, kind of when it comes out, but that's like a good place to go. Sweet. Fuck yeah, that. dude. Thank you for doing this. Awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. Did you have Thanks, fun? Man. Yeah, it was great. Well, you know, I Good. sat, I, I, for the other people, I sat in on Alaria <laughs> yeah. Urbanati's interview, my wife, who's the stylist, mm-hmm. and I was like hysterical the whole time. Yeah. So like, you, were, you were not allowed to talk. I was not that allowed was, to talk. I think I like, funny. I think a little sound of my voice made it in a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I, pay, I paid for that later. Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, but no, but I like, you know, she, she's also, the reason that we have such a good, like one of the reasons we have such a good marriage is we're both like very obsessed with the process of what we do. Mm-hmm. So talking about the process is a very exciting thing because in a weird way, like just talking about it can make me more excited about it. Yeah. That's why like when I TA'd for Paul's class, like going and talking about yeah. stuff. But Alaria's podcast was really amazing. And so, I was excited to come back and be. I uh, have the gag order lifted. <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby. Yeah, we get to hear I'm your here. voice. Yeah. You. you can't stop me from talking because you're yeah. on an airplane. These something. are like companion episodes now. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. remember what number. I can't remember what number hers was. But it's called Alaria Urbanati. So whoever's yeah. listening and wants to find, that's the name of that episode. She told us this one also has to be called Alaria Urbanati, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, part two. <laughs> Alaria Urbanati Other. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you should listen to that too. <laughs> yeah, listen to that and this and literally every episode we've ever done. Literally every episode. Uh, just binge them. Get on an airplane. Wonder yeah. how the two busiest people we've had on the podcast have a marriage. <laughs> you guys are the busiest people I think I know. We're pretty. Yeah, I we're feel like busy, yeah. I follow you both on Twitter, and you are. I'm I'm like a waste of time on Twitter, or well, maybe it's Instagram. But <laughs> I have neither like one of you followers on Twitter. All I do is like things yeah. and read things, <laughs> and then occasionally retweet something if someone posts something with me. But yeah. at Twitter, it doesn't work for me because you guys are always in a different city. You're never in the same place for any more than a week ever. Yeah, I, it's like Alaria on Twitter is like, does she ever sleep? Like, there's always something going she, on. It's, she, it's impressive. She works, she works a lot. Yeah, her pace is even is a little bit more rigorous than my pace because like she like I have the option to not do th- like I'd say no to things but uh-huh. like if she has clients like and they have stuff coming up like she does oh yeah but for me it's like if I want to have more time with my family or my dogs right, I yeah. can just say no you know what I mean and the jobs are not like you know I'll have days when the jobs are back to back to back and then travel and then back to back yeah yeah but you know it comes in like waves like this week's pretty mellow but sometimes I'm on an airplane Wow. But how does it work? I don't know. We're both like, we both like are so into what we do that uh-huh. the fact that we are busy and sometimes don't get a ton of time yeah. together is okay. That's how we survived the first six years of being in a bi coastal relationship. Oh, Jesus Christ. The first six years was. Yeah, we've been together. Wow. We got married in 04. We, we got together in 04. So between 04 and uh, 04 and last year, I was at wow. a place in New York and, and LA. I guess it was like more, more like six or seven years. Eight years, damn. I've been full time LA for a year. 
but yeah, we're busy, but it's cool. We like what we do, so we love what we do. So yeah, it's, it's it you works. make it work. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. I know. Marriage, where marriage you guys come back Instagram. together and that's discuss right. your yeah. But can you put us on like other marriage? sides of the room? <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. wall between us, so we can't <laughs> yeah. see the other person. We're like, no, listen, Alaria, Eric's yeah. allowed to speak here. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, awesome. All right. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, dude.